We will be reading from two passages. The first passage is Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And the second passage is, again, in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 12. So Hebrews chapter 1, starting from verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. We'll move on to chapter 3, starting from verse 7. So, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. During the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Well, I remember the time, well, years ago now, but uh, I did a wedding for a couple, and afterwards, Kirsty and I were invited to the reception. And the reception was in a very nice restaurant in the city. Uh, and one of the guests arrived at this wedding reception with their order of McDonald's. Now, some of you might be thinking, what's wrong with that? The fine cuisine that is Macca's. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely something about, about it. You know, this beautiful food that was being put on, but they, what they preferred was chomping on their greasy Big Mac. Now, we're doing this series, Guidance in the Voice of God. This is what we've covered so far over these weeks. We've covered God who guides us. Then we looked at walking in the will of God. Today's how God guides us. And if you've been with us any of these past couple of weeks, I hope you've started to get a taste for it, because we'll certainly focus in on it today, but the way some people think about God guiding them, a still, still small voice, and in a prompting, receiving a word, a dream, is actually like thinking eating a Big Mac is best, when in fact right in front of them is a sumptuous beautiful, good banquet. Now, what I'm talking about is God guides us. He does. He guides us with the clarity, with the goodness, with the personalness of what he has given us in his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit who speaks to us in his word. Now, today I want us to be convinced that when it comes to God guiding us, don't settle for a Big Mac. Take the banquet. We have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Bible. So if you've, if you've turned from it, please go back to, uh, there to Hebrews chapter 1. 
that was read before, that we'll spend most of our time on today. The last couple of weeks we've been jumping around. We're not going to be doing as much jumping around today. Most of our time will be in Hebrews. But, but here's the first point. God can speak to his people in many ways. So, see, we need to be careful, don't we, that we don't put God in a box as if he's limited by our experience, by our prejudices, by what we think he should do. Uh, when it comes to God speaking and guiding, have a look at Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 1. I'll just read that verse again, where it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. See that? At many times and in various ways. In the history of Israel, God has certainly used all sorts of ways to show himself, to speak to the people, to guide their way. I'll give you a few examples of the many and various ways. Ways like when God spoke to Moses from a burning bush, when God showed himself by doing this uh, on and off leprosy thing with Moses, when God did this on off snake, uh, staff, snake, staff thing with Moses. God guided Israel with a pillar of fire and also a cloud of smoke. God gave a message to someone through a donkey speaking. God spoke in a quiet whisper. Angels came along to deliver the message of God to all sorts of people. God gave visions by day, dreams by night. God made writing appear on a wall. God provided his word to so many different prophets. Now, some of you will be familiar with those ways. Maybe for some of you, it's sort of a new and sort of strange-sounding examples. But I just want to say, God is powerful. He is sovereign. He performs miracles. It's not a hassle for God. It's his creation. Yes, in our mind, God breaks into what is natural and normal and does supernatural things. But he does that. He speaks to people and guides them. But if we go back to the word of Hebrews, just because God has guided his people in the past, that does not say anything about how God guides us today. And certainly in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. There's no promise that he will guide in those ways today. It seems as people talk about the ways that God might guide you, they do pick sometimes, just pick certain Old Testament moments very selectively. Like there's a story of Elijah. This is 1 Kings 19. People will say, just like it happened with Elijah, listen to God's quiet, still voice. But no one ever talks about saying, you know, you should have some expectation that a donkey will talk to you. Or, you know, your pet dog or cat or budgie. That's actually there. It happened in Numbers 22. If people see, if people want to draw on the narrative, that is the, you know, the description of events, the historical moments in the Old Testament, to say God can do anything, well, it seems that we're still putting God in a box by emphasizing one thing that he does over another. Now let's go back to this very helpful passage in Hebrews because it says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But there in verse 2, check it out, it goes on to say, But, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his son. Do, do you see there's this thing of there was the past prophets 
many times, various ways, but now we're in the present with Jesus. Do you get there's this sense of finality? There's this fulfillment. There were all these previous words from God, but now there's arrived in Jesus, God's Son, the word from God. And it's how we should view the Bible. Uh, the New Testament, that you know, the first four-fifths of your Bible, well, that's the story of God's promises. And then the last part, the New Testament, is the fulfillment in Jesus of those promises. See, there's a timeline way of thinking about the Bible. There's a timeline way of thinking about history. There's a timeline way of thinking about God's guidance. If you go to verse 2 and 3 there, Hebrews 1, you see why Jesus is the final and complete message from God. The reason is because, as it says verse 2, he's been appointed heir of all things. And as it says verse 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The writer of Hebrews is telling us, yes, Israel received all these past ways of God speaking to them, but that's nothing compared to what you have now. Uh, put it like this, you know, use, use a torch at night. You know, on occasion you use a torch at night and our torches, they're bright, they shine. I don't know if you've got a thousand lumens torch. I mean, that's pretty bright. But do you know when a really bright torch starts to pale and you don't even need it? Well, it's when the sun comes, isn't it? With the sun, you don't need that thing that you had before. Well, that's what I think Hebrews is telling us. God spoke it many times in various ways, but in these last days, he's spoken to us by his own son. Jesus is the fulfillment. He's the focal point of all of God's plans. Jesus came to tell us what God is like, to show us what God is like, to reconcile you to God. The first apostles, they preached and testified to Jesus who they were eyewitnesses to. And this is now the gospel. It's the good news. Jesus died. He rose. He reigns. He's the heir of the universe. We can now be forgiven and enjoy the presence of God forever. Come to Jesus. Repent and believe. Come to him and follow him. But as we read through a book like Hebrews, um, and it's also there in so many other parts of the New Testament too, we see that there's an ongoing way God speaks to us. And it never strays from the centrality of Jesus. But there's a way to it. God speaks to us today by his son Jesus, through his spirit in the scriptures. Now, in your Bibles, please turn to Hebrews chapter 3. It's, um, it's the other passage that was read before. But um, let's go to verse, uh, verse 7 there. And I'll read, I'll read just verse 7 and 8, where it says, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Now, we're skipping over things, aren't we, between the start of Hebrews and then Hebrews chapter 3. But I just want you to see if you can see this connection here. 
See, the very start of Hebrews said, In these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. But now in chapter 3, verse 7, we're told the Holy Spirit speaks. See that? As the Holy Spirit says, we're told, verse 7. What does the Holy Spirit say? The Holy Spirit says this quote from the Old Testament, Psalm 95. God, the Holy Spirit, back then was telling Israel that today is the day to not harden your hearts. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today? That today is the day to not harden our hearts. Don't harden your hearts toward Jesus. Here in the Word, God is speaking to us. Jesus has come. Follow him. Be faithful to him. Don't turn your backs on Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and I. Go over this again. You know, There today, when you read this part of Hebrews chapter 3, there today was 100 years ago, hundreds of years ago. Psalm 95, that's when it was written. But as the Holy Spirit gives us Psalm 95 again in the light of Jesus, it is our today. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. Don't walk away. Even today, just don't walk away and think, well, I've got a bit of church and I've got some morning tea. Yeah, that's cool. Come to Jesus. Trust in him. Don't turn your back on Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to us the message of Jesus in the scriptures, Old Testament and New. So it's no surprise that when you get to Hebrews chapter 4, and I want you to turn to this passage now, Hebrews chapter 4, just over the page, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. And we have some words here written about the written word of God, where it says, For the word of God is alive and, and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Uh, Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, again, do you see some connections here? God has spoken to us by his Son. The Holy Spirit speaks to us Um, in the scriptures that testify to Jesus. So as it says there in Hebrews 4, so the Bible's not a dead thing. It's not just old parchment, pages, that give us a view of God. No, no, God's word is living. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. This makes sense of why the Apostle Paul, at another part in the New Testament, writing to the Ephesian Christians, He says this about a spiritual warfare. He says, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Spirit's activity is there in the Word of God and the Bible that we have. So you and I, we're being told to think really differently about the Bible that many others think. You know, even with people who call themselves religious, see, see, there are religious people, and this may be you, this may be you here today. 
But do you think of the Bible as maybe at best like a religious reference book? Yeah, a religious reference book that's a helpful resource for life. And I guess that's the way I treat cookbooks. Um, you know, when I cook, when I cook at home, you know, there's this one meal that when I cook, I've got to go to that cookbook and I can, you know, because I've got to remember that recipe, how to do it, and I go there and I get it and it shows me what I need to do. But it's a useful reference, right? And we can treat the Bible as being a useful reference, as offering some ideas, some direction for life. But the Bible is not a religious reference book, it's living. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to us uh, of Jesus. Can you imagine doing life regularly, um, not hearing from a friend, not hearing from a spouse, not hearing from a parent? The Bible's not a reference book. The Bible's how we do relationship. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. So it's no accident that lately, here at Christ Central on Sundays, we've been talking about um, Bible reading plans for the year. Uh, we've been mentioning our own Bible reading plan that we've been making available. You might have another one. That's great. Keep going. Uh, last year, I read all the Bible in a year, or to be precise, one uh, year and one week. Uh, this is a much more slower Bible reading plan, and copies are there on the um, back connect desk if you want to grab one. Um, sometimes you might notice that Christians sometimes use the jargon um, quiet time. Do you do a quiet time? Uh, but to take up the person, a personal Bible reading plan is to recognize that in the Bible, God speaks to us. You know, I don't need to wait on a quiet, still voice. I don't need to discern a word of God. He already is speaking to me. So we get out of bed and we grab a coffee and we read the Bible or we you know, fight for a bit of time amongst you know, all the screaming of the kids and we try to, try to get some Bible time. Or when you're on the train on the, on the way to work, you get out your Bible and do it there. Why wouldn't we want to do that when it's God's word to us? Um, Baptist preacher... Uh, Charles Spurgeon from London, this is in the late 1800s, he used to talk about getting into the Word ourselves, and he said we should be like silkworms with the Bible. You know, he said we're to be like silkworms. Not one to sort of crawl over its surface, you know, glance at the words and admire the poetry and know a few facts, but we're to be like a silkworm who eats the leaf. You know, take God's Word in, munch, 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 munch. Take it in and consume it. Take it into ourselves so that God's word actually shapes and impacts on our thinking and our way of speaking and what we value in life. And right now, I'm going to repeat something I've said before, and that it's really good to read a paper Bible. Use a paper Bible at home if you can. Read a paper Bible in your growth group. Bring a paper Bible on Sundays, I know using a phone is super convenient. Technology is great. But look, I think for a lot of us, for many of us, we connect phone with um, entertainment and phone with distraction. You know, you can be reading your phone on the Bible and a notification pops up and there your mind goes a completely new direction. Am I, am I right with that? Now, I don't know if you've noticed what's next to me. I'll just hold it up. 
This is the Swan Family Bible. It's come down from generations, okay? Have a look at it later on. It's pretty awesome, amazing pictures, all of that. But I just want to say, if you think carrying a Bible to church is just really cumbersome and heavy, come on, people, okay? Your Bible's great. Imagine taking this to a growth group. It would break a coffee table. But I just want to say, paper Bible, I think it's got some real uses, okay? Uh, we, you know, I think as we open up a, bo- a book in front of us, I think it helps us focus. I, helps us think, I think it helps us be serious and be deliberate and be careful in taking God's word into ourselves. That's my encouragement. Technology is great, but that's my encouragement to you. But let's get back to this. God can speak to his people in many ways. And he did. But in his last days, God has spoken to us by his son. God speaks to us today uh, by his son, through his spirit, in the scriptures. Uh, Here's the last thing. We shouldn't expect or seek God's guidance in other ways. Now, I want to bring you back to the first week of this series. And the first week was God who guides us. And what we looked at is God is sovereign. That means he's powerfully at work in all things to conform us to his son, Jesus. Nothing can thwart God's plans. He's working out everything according to his plan. So nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too great for God. Nothing is too evil for God. I mean, Jesus' death was part of God's plan. Nothing's too detailed for God. He numbers every hair on our head. We can trust that he's working out all his plans, but trusting that he's working out his plans is very different from thinking we should try to work out those secret plans for us by sort of wanting some inner prompting, some inner feeling of peace. Maybe putting God to a test. But just to add to it, we're not given any promise that we should use other means. Just to add to it some more, when we understand what we're given in Jesus and the Bible, why would we even be hanging out and expecting and seeking some other means for God to lead us? Um, going back to that opening story I shared about you know, someone wanting a lousy Big Mac at a wedding reception, when it comes to you know, wanting more ways to God for God to guide us, it's like an attitude of, yes, I have Jesus. I have the promised Son of God at my Savior. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got the Scriptures. But actually, I want something more. Now, let's enjoy what we have. It's wonderful. It's good. It's clear. It's enough. We have God's word to us today. Here's another word from the Bible, about the Bible, where it says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you want to hear from God, pick up the Bible. Because it's all we need. The scriptures are from God as if they're breathed out by God. You won't find in here what year you should retire. You're not going to find in here what course you should study. You're not going to find the name of the person you're going to marry. But still, this is clear, 
brilliant, sufficient, authoritative guidance from the Lord. Um, you know, we go to it and with there we find what God wants from us, what God commands us. Now, everything else is a matter of trust. Everything else is a matter of wisdom, which we're going to be looking at properly next week. When I, when I was 17, I became a Christian. I moved from really a church kid to someone who was knew that Jesus was my Savior and Lord. And I didn't come to know Jesus except through the Bible, except through the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I'm thankful for some of those youth leaders around me at the time who got around me, who modeled and quickly showed me that the way forward in the Christian life is actually the way I started. Keep hearing from God in his word. Keep picking up the Bible and hearing what God has to say from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And throughout my Christian life, I've not read the Bible every day. Far from it. It's been this journey of just discovering more and more things and learning as I go. And, you know, I don't know much and I get to know a little bit more what's going on in the Bible. But I just say these days I realize reading the Bible is not because I've got a test coming up. It's not because I've got boxes to tick because I want to impress anyone. To read the Bible is not something any of us have to do. We don't have to do it. But to read the Bible comes from a relationship that we've been brought into. Jesus came for us. God has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. In reading the Bible, we can remember, we can be refreshed in God's love for us. And in knowing God more, we can start to love him more as well. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus, that he came into the world for us, that Jesus was the fulfillment of your plans across the ages, across the history of Israel, with all your ways of revealing yourself uh, through the prophets, all those ways that you spoke. And now you've spoken in your son, Jesus. We thank you that he is our saviour, he is our Lord, who died, who defeated sin and Satan and death there on the cross. He rose again and he reigns. Thank you for your word, uh, your word to us today, that your Holy Spirit is at work speaking to us and help us to be a people that find so much comfort and so much uh, confidence in knowing that you're our speaking God, you're our guiding God. Please work in us so that we would know you more and more through the words of your scriptures. We pray this to your glory. Amen.